Hey, Editor Min here. There are a couple of audio issues with this episode, and I do sincerely apologize for this. But I hope you will stay to the end of the episode anyway. It is a good one. Bye. Welcome! This is K-Pop Sunday, brought to you by K-Pop Sunday before you have to go back to work on Monday. We are your hosts, Onyx, Min, and JR. Welcome to episode 6. We're currently in the middle of holiday season, and award show season is almost over, the year is almost over, and our K-Pop blog is also almost over. This will be our last 2019 episode, though it won't be too long until the next one. Today we're gonna talk about winter songs, Christmas songs, maybe a little bit of Christmas in Korea, K-pop, all that good stuff. Let's start off with some history. So for history, regarding Christmas in Korea, obviously as for those of you who are big historians, big Christmas fans, you'll know that Christmas in the 1800s, very different than Christmas as we know it now. And although the 1800s kind of set the stage for it, but Christmas in Korea more started around that area. A lot of people like to say that Christianity was brought over to Korea in the 1800s, which that was when a lot of the missionaries were. However, if you go to the Bible Museum, there's one in Incheon. They say that it's much earlier, but anyway. Christmas, though, came around the 1800s, although it was apparently privately celebrated among missionaries, not really outwardly because at the time it wasn't very Christian-friendly for obvious reasons. It more came around in the 1950s when there was the Korean War. The Korean War brought many things to Korea, including Christmas spam and rock and roll. Very popular, still to this day. But mostly though, Christmas in Korea, that yes, for people who are Christian in Korea, they will like to go to mass, go to church around Christmas or celebrate it. But mostly people like Christmas for the aesthetic here, for those people who are into that. Like for those of you who don't know, right now I actually am in Korea and anywhere I go where I live, I see a ton of stuff. Like you go into Mega Coffee, you're gonna see the red and green striped coffee holders. If you go to Daiso, you're gonna see Christmas decorations front and center. You go outside and you see any cathedral. Whoa, look, there's lights all over the place. And I live in a pretty big city, so that also might be part of it. I don't live in a rural area, but a lot of people really like Christmas decorations. And all the Koreans I've talked to, they really just, they like the idea of the season. They're not really into the religious aspect, which to be fair, most people who celebrate Christmas nowadays, they're not really into the religious aspect of it. So Korea doesn't exactly celebrate the same way the West does though, such as you don't get a break from around Christmas to New Year's. It's really just like a one day, ooh, we did it, then back to business. But that's pretty much as far as history goes for this topic, just late 1800s, kind of a quiet affair. 1950s, okay, let's do some of this, mainly because the Americans are kind of pushing it. Then it's like, hey, materialism, this is fun. So that's all. And now that I've wrapped up the history, Min, could you please tell us about your favorite Christmas K-pop songs? Sure can do. So I'm not the biggest on actual like Christmas music, but my all-time favorite K-pop Christmas song would be Crayon Pop, Lonely Christmas, because it's so not a Christmas song, but the music video is cute. The dance is cute, everything about it is great, costumes, great, I just love it. It's wonderful, and if you have not listened to A Lonely Christmas before, you definitely should. <laughs> so I like Christmas songs that aren't really your typical Christmas songs. So another one would be SS501's Snow Prince, which came out in 2005, and it is 
a very early 2000s sounding song so if you're not into that vibe you're not gonna like the song but it is a very like upbeat cute christmas song and it has a good dance but very 2000s i also really like the sm town song jingle bell that came out in 1999 because it's also very not christmas song sounding it was one of sm entertainment's like collaboration songs i'm pretty sure it was the first sm entertainment winter album yeah yeah it featured hot and sess and flight to the sky among others hot 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 no (laughs) don't do that to her you said bap (laughs) h-o-t then anyway good song (laughs) kind of It's a very 90s, but it's still good. Anyhow, in a more recent release, I really liked Lovely's Twinkle. I don't know much about Lovely's, honestly, but Twinkle is a really good Christmas song. It came out in 2017, I think. And it reminds me a lot of the Japanese song Aitai Lonely Christmas by Cute, which I think came out in 2010. The songs don't really sound anything alike. Uh, last time I listened to them, but they, I don't know, they just give me the same cute, happy vibes and Christmas vibes. I don't know. I just really like them. But if we're gonna transition over to more like traditional sounding Christmas music, the Girls' Generation subunit TTS did a song called Their Santa, which is both very pretty vocal-wise and also very, very cute. And I love it a lot. Another SM song would be the SM Station cover of Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas, sung by Wendy and somebody else that I can't remember who is. But it is wonderful because Wendy's voice is just amazing. And also, have any of you thought about that Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas came out in 1943 and it's still a very popular Christmas song? Most Christmas songs are still... Think about, like, Jingle Bells, like, Bing Crosby. Like, that's still... Jingle Bells came out in 1857. 1857? The stuff is old, bro. So am I. It would have been interesting to do a little bit on just Christmas songs in general, and how we still listen to the same, like, 20 carols. Yeah, and people still want to cover really old-ass songs. Yeah. I blame a Christmas story. They're still good though. Good covers. Speaking of covers, my last couple of song recommendations will be mainly covers. First one is Shiny's Last Christmas cover that came out in 2011. It's not really the best cover of Last Christmas that exists, honestly, but it's shiny and it hits me in the heart every time I listen to it. I'm weak. But my absolute favorite K-pop or Korean group that does Christmas songs is the Barbarettes, because they are a retro doo-wop group that was very inspired by acapella barbershop quartet music, and they're absolutely wonderful. They have done so many Christmas songs and released so many Christmas specials, and they're just absolutely wonderful. My favorite Christmas songs by them is their Jingle Bells cover and Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Both of those are absolutely wonderful, and you should definitely listen to them in both the playlists that we're gonna list in the show notes their songs will be in them because they're just that good anyhow jr what about you do you have any favorite christmas songs things my dudes (laughs) i do (laughs) i'm good at words it's great i mean i love that i love that more than i'll just pray for you when you have to edit this because i we're we're struggling here (laughs) okay um in general 
I don't love Christmas music either. I can listen to it for like a week before and then for some time during Christmas and then I'm yeah. done. Yes. And I have Christmas carol fatigue. That is what I'm going to call it and I hope it catches on. But yeah, so honestly, I don't really know many K-pop Christmas songs either. I would say that the one positive thing about K-pop Christmas songs is that they are different than the same 20 carols that play on repeat in the US on the radio. So I don't have a ton of music to talk about and a lot of it has been out for a few years already. But even while I was researching for this, I didn't recognize most of the music that I came across. So It's okay. I had a lot of old <laughs> songs. It's fine. We're fine. <laughs> Who's gonna stop you? It's true. It's true. It's just, if people are coming here looking for some current stuff, they're not gonna find it. <laughs> <laughs> we're literally a history podcast. It's true. It's true. We're, all, we're okay. So I got into K-pop in 2015, and during that time, I listened to a lot of EXO. They tend to release a winter album almost every year since debut. I think there were two years, maybe, that they didn't. They have a lot of them, at least. Yeah, they do. Oh, yeah. I saw, I think, five, maybe. I don't know. They love their Christmas. But most of their winter releases are super angsty. Like, Miracles in December is very muted and gray and white, and it's about a breakup. So it's not a happy song, either. But the song literally gives me chills when I listen to it because I am a really big fan of EXO's vocals, especially Dio. He has a great voice and I could listen to him forever. Sing For You is black and white and that one came out a few years after Miracles in December. But it's super angsty. Chanyeol and Suho are fighting half the time, like punching each other. And Kai is dancing dramatically in swirling snow. So there's just a lot of angst there. Off of that same EP, there's a song called Unfair, which is much more bubbly. And that one is quite a difference from their title track. But it is really catchy and and I highly recommend it. Not very Christmassy though. So I saw EXO in 2016 and it was a February show. So they did some holiday stuff, including dressing in elf costumes behind a sheet, which is kind of questionable considering how many children were there now that I think of it. And also I remember reading that in a different show during the tour, the paper ripped and one of the members had to run backstage because he wasn't done getting changed. This is not the first time SM has done that stunt. I just think it's hilarious how history repeats itself. Fads come back about every 20 years. (laughs) Because longtime K-pop fans like me, you might know that SM did that originally with H.O.T. This was very early on in H.O.T.'s days, but the problem was that it wasn't measured well, or I don't know. I think that they wanted to show off the members and be like, ooh, this is risque, to just show shoulders and stuff. See, I'm telling you, it's a questionable thing. (laughs) No, I agree. But here's the worst part. The youngest member, who at the time I believe was underage, he was also the tallest member (laughs) by quite a bit. You can imagine where this goes. The poor guy, Jaywon, he had, you know, sort of like crouched down and he was very much embarrassed. He's, if you know Jaywon, he's a very shy boy. Even to this day, does not like showing skin, doesn't like really being like the center of attention. He just wants to sing on stage. That's all he wants to do. And yet he gets dragged into this stuff. Poor J1 was too tall for it. And while the other members were trying to seriously get dressed, people like Kongta, who apparently is an exhibitionist, <laughs> uh, decided that he would reach over the different stalls and try to like grab at the other members and like pull them in hugs and try to lift them up for fans. He was having a good time. He was literally the only one who was having a good time. Anyway, so 
that ends with, oh, Jaywon, don't go out. You're not dressed because we just saw you and you didn't have a shirt on. And he stuck his leg out and then he just like fell out. And it's like, oh, he's fully dressed for candy. All is well. (laughs) So there weren't really accidents. It was just H.O.T. having a fun time on stage. Um, But yeah, it was super surreal to see the group perform those songs, especially Unfair and Sing For You, because just a couple months beforehand, I was watching their stages on M Countdown and Inky Gaio, and then seeing them in front of my face was incredible. And it was also my first K-pop concert, so it was just really cool. Lightsaber is not a Christmas song in the slightest, but it is on the album, that same album, the Sing For You album, so I'm going to talk about it. It was a collab between SM, EXO, and Disney for Star Wars, and I saw on the Wikipedia page that they did perform it at some concerts but they didn't at the one I went to which is unfortunate because the song is really catchy and I like it a lot you were robbed it's great I was robbed okay moving on from EXO B2B's Winter Tale was discovered during my binge watch of their content a couple years into my K-pop journey if we could call it that I remember watching the behind the scenes of the video and thinking it was a really cute and bubbly song and then I saw the lyrics and I realized this is not a bubbly song it's actually a sad song For the music video, they're literally inside a snow globe and they're wearing onesies and things like that. So it seems really bright and you wouldn't know that it's sad. Also, I'm a really big fan of Ilhoon and... Therefore, I like a lot of B2B stuff. So there's that. Um, And finally, I will talk about NCT Dream because they have come out with quite a few holiday Christmassy songs in the past few years. I don't want to say a lot because maybe it's like three. They've just, they've come out with some holiday music. That's for sure. So their song Joy is really cool because it's a reimagining of Jingle Bells and Joy to the World. And it has kind of like gospel vibes to it. I don't really know how to describe it, but it's it starts off slow and then builds up and it's really fun and there's also added Korean lyrics into it that is cool and finally NCT Dream's Candlelight when I saw that that song was coming out I kept my eye out for it and I was like waiting for it to drop and I listened to it once it was released and part of the reason that I was I was anticipating it so much was It was Mark's last song in the Dream Unit before graduating. So it was pretty bittersweet for me as a fan to watch it because Dream is probably my favorite unit. It has a really cute music video. The members are shooting a movie and they're dressed really old-timey with page boy hats and vests. And I remember being pretty sad when it came out, but it was a nice song for Mark to end his time in the unit with. That's pretty much it. Even though I don't know a lot of Christmas songs, the ones I do know, I like a lot. (laughs) So, Onyx, why don't you tell us your favorites? So, I'm not a fan of Christmas at all. Yeah, no thanks. I only have three favorite songs that are Christmassy in K-pop. So my first one, it will be of shock to absolutely nobody that, first of all, I did try to look up what was the first K-pop Christmas song and I could not find a definite answer. Or that, two, the one song that I did find that I believe to be the earliest because that was the earliest date I could find would be an H.O.T. song. What year was it? What year did it come out? So Okay, so first of all, first of all, I need to say, in my defense, I tried looking up if so Tejian boys had something. I looked up if JYP released something. I looked up so many people. I even looked up Lee Suman's discography because SM releases a lot of Christmas songs for K-pop and they were the, like the first people to really do it. So I assumed that he was a big Christmas boy. No, there is no plausible explanation for this. Anyway, so first of all, this song came out in 1998 okay. on their Resurrection album. It was actually a bonus track. So the reason why I like it is not because it's old or because it's H.O.T. Those are factors. But no, 
The reason why I genuinely like it is because of the lyrics. A dramatic reading of H.O.T.'s Wedding Christmas. Kankta. Our dream, the white snow brightening the way ahead. Now I don't want to part in wistful regret. If you accept my heart, we will never part again. Uyuk. I imagine you in a white wedding dress. I imagine you reflected in the white snow. Think of the beautiful times that the two of us will make together on a day like this. Beautiful, snowing white Christmas. I'm the prince riding on a white horse that will protect you. Yeah, words that I've always wanted to say to you. Merry Christmas. Please marry me. J1. When many years pass and I hold a child resembling you, on a snowy day like this, I want to walk the streets with you. Promise me one thing. Promise me that you will never leave me. When I fall asleep and open my eyes in the morning, even when the white snow falls like today, I want to be by your side. Please take my heart. Thank you to Aaron for that beautiful translation. So I just love it just because it is so cheesy. And if you have ever heard the Resurrection album, you know that it is a pretty dark album. Like, considering that it was released in the backdrop of the Asian financial crisis that hit Korea the previous year. That was when Bit was released, also known as Light, also known as Hope. Such a huge, big deal track for the people of Korea. Promise of H.O.T., which will bring any H.O.T. fan to tears. There's a lot of very serious songs, though. It was a pivot from H.O.T. from being, like, mainly directed towards dangers, towards being directed at to the country as a whole. I will do a deep dive on that another time, but just saying though, it is such a serious album and just to hear something so cheesy at the end of it, after a lot of serious songs like Alone was on there, it's just absolutely hilarious to me. Also just thinking of the members and how like 20 years later, that's not accurate at all. Like J1 <laughs> with a kid. Yeah, right? Yeah, just it's funny. It's funny to me. And it's also not that good of an H.O.T. song. I'm gonna be real honest with you. The second one I like just because I genuinely like it because it's cute, is GOT7's Confession Song. I don't know how much that was staged, but I like the idea of it. And I think that, at least for me, I think that would be a perfectly acceptable way to ask a girl out. With a boy group behind you? Yeah, no, seriously. It's like, (laughs) if you were a guy who's very nervous about rejection, having like a group sing the heart and it's like, like that, I would totally love that. Where was GOT7 when I was asking out a boyfriend back in 2015? Yeah, 2015 was the first time I ever asked a boy out because I always, you know, waited for boys to ask me out. I would have loved to have had them in the background. Like, just backing me up. I would have asked the guy out sooner if I had got seven behind me. Like, I'm going to be real with you. I would love that. Or like, you know, Dal Shabet, Be Ambitious. Because the guy who I asked out, I had sent him that song because I was trying to give him hints. I would love to have had them in the background, like, sort of like cheering me on and hyping me up. I would love that. Yeah, I just love that song so much. Because like, got seven are like, they're celebrating when like a couple, you know, gets together. And like, it's very sweet. Like, I love it. I love it. Even Once again, I don't know if how much of it was staged, but just the concept I loved. And it just, I love it. And for the record, we would always mention that song when we talked about Christmas releases, like among ourselves. So we all really yeah. like it. But yeah. Yeah, that's the one song we have in common. Yeah. It's, it's just, that is the song that will unify the world. <laughs> just... <laughs> why, why why, listen to any other song at Christmas? Like, we just need to listen to Confession Song. This might be kind of cynical of me, but I wonder how many of those couples stay together and for how long. You know, once again, I don't know how much of it was staged, 
or pressure from, hey, you're being filmed, but, or if it was actors, I don't know. But once again, I like the idea of it. Yeah. Don't tell, like, if you know, do not tell me. I don't care. <laughs> Tweet us I like at- the idea of it. <laughs> don't. I love spoilers, but no. Let me enjoy this. <laughs> it was cute. It was fun. It was something that I would love in real life. And also, once again, it wasn't over-the-top cheese like Xmas Wedding. It was, you know, kind of legit. Like, I kind of liked it. It wasn't off the wall, you know? Mm-hmm. Low-key. And then uh, the last song, because I only have three songs I care about. Back in the days, TVXQ, I will still call them Don Bon Shiki or DBSK, because I'm old, and I will stand by that. And Super Junior released a collaboration many years ago called Show Me Your Love. And the reason why I liked it was that Don Bon Shiki and Super Junior, before they debuted in separate groups, and that we know them as today, there were many times where they were in project groups that had like the members kind of mixed up. Like there was like the Four Seasons group of Hichul, Kangin, Jejung, and Yuno, and like there were several like different combos of that where like um many of them were friends yeah too. So- like junsu and unhyuk like they were like childhood friends and so i always liked the idea of those two groups collaborating together because they had so much history and they were friends and i just i really enjoyed it and i really wish that those two groups had more collaborations when they had so many members like i i really miss those days and i i like there is at one point there were there were rumors that they were going to be coming out of a big project together and then that was also around the time when hangung and jejung and yuchun were leaving so that didn't happen that really fell through but I still like to believe that that could have been a possibility. I just like it. You see the two groups coming together and they're very excited that they get to do something together. Like they both made it. They both debuted after all those years in training and all the hardships and they were together and it was just wonderful. And it was kind of cute, but I mainly like it though because it's also like one of the few times where Jejung is kind of goofy with another group. Because that was also kind of during the time when he was still pretty closed up. He's kind of clammed up still. So it was it was good to see him be so happy. Or also like Yesung. Yesung was having a good time and he doesn't usually. And you just could see like Unyuk had so much energy from doing it. Because he was so excited about it. So yeah, I just, it makes me happy. Those are only three Christmas songs that do make me happy. <laughs> Nothing else. So speaking of collabs. My favorite like song collab, I feel like at least a couple of the songs that I mentioned were technically collabs, but Park Boom and Lee High did a cover of All I Want for Christmas a couple of years ago, and it is wonderful, and I love it. Good song. Does anybody else have some actual collab songs to talk about? Because <laughs> that's mine. <laughs> this song is not originally a collab, but it was made a collaboration stage at the KBS Song Festival, or as I will later call it, the Gayu de Jokje. Please forgive my pronunciation. Jeonin Kwan and Chinese Jonghyun at the 2016, although I think it actually aired on the 1st of January in 2017. It was the final stage of the show and they sang Don't Worry, which I feel like most K-pop fans will probably know it because it's been covered multiple times by many different people. I think Dio has a cover of it with an actor for a movie he did and solo artists have covered it and there's just there's a lot of covers of it and it's understandable because it's a really beautiful song and 
it closed out the night very well. And at the end, everyone who performed came out on stage and there's this big unison ending to it. And it's really nice. And it's also kind of hard to watch now. But that is probably my big collaboration stage. Even though it's not technically a Christmas song, but it was performed close enough to Christmas, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) And that kind of segues us into our next topic of festivals. Have you guys seen any of the big festivals that happen at the end of the year? No. Really? (laughs) Really? (laughs) Am I the only one that watches them? I'm not a fan of it. Like, live performances are... I don't like watching them. Of, like, anything. The... My biggest thing with them is that they do collaboration stages. And when I say that, it's unlike the one with Jun and Kwan and Jonghyun. It's between idol groups. So there was one year, I believe it was Red Velvet, Twice, and G-Friend. They did a collaboration stage, which was really cool. And it's also just really awesome to see that many people on one stage doing the same song and like each one have their parts and all that. So yeah, there's SBS's Gaio Daejeon and that first aired in 1996. This is actually the maknae of the group. I can't believe I just said that. (laughs) Um, It airs on Christmas Day. It's going to air on Christmas Day again this year, as far as I know. And it does have awards, but it also has some really great stages. And that is not only collab stages, but solos and groups do stages. And for a while, they actually had themes from 2007 to 2013, but they haven't done that since then. So that's unfortunate. But this year's MCs are Junhyun Mu and AOA Solhyun. So that'll be interesting. I feel like Solhyun, she just MCs a lot during this time. And that's always fun to watch. She always has such pretty dresses. But yeah, the next one is is KBS's Gaio de Jukte. And that one started in 1965 as an awards show. Then a few decades later, I think it was 2006, they stopped giving out awards and now it's just like a, mo- a music show. I think though in 2013, they did give out a few awards, um, which is interesting. I don't know why exactly. There wasn't really an explanation for that. But yeah, this year it will air on December 27th and Red Velvet's Irene and GOT7's Jin Young will be the MCs. So that's fun. <laughs> I feel like I've never seen Irene MC any have you guys i'm gonna be real i still don't know the members of red velvet apart oh my (laughs) i listen to their music quite a bit and i still don't know them apart i'm also terrible at who's who in groups Uh, i just i I, i'm very well aware that i'm probably gonna lose my mind eventually and not remember anything i already have a very poor memory (laughs) so i've just come to understand that so i'm like it's okay i don't know people's names in real life i know we can't expect you to know idols names then (laughs) No, yeah. To get back to what we were talking about, <laughs> <laughs> have an actual award show? Um, uh, I don't. I'm not the think person to know so. That. I'm not sure because, like, I don't. I've personally never watched any of the festivals because I honestly didn't know they were a thing. But I love watching award shows just for the stages. But since then, you would love the festivals. <laughs> Since more companies have chosen to boycott certain award shows, the live stages have just gotten sadder and sadder and there's been less collabs, like on-stage collabs in the recent years. Um, mm-hmm. And it's Which very sad. I'm I'm here for collabs. I'm here for the most ridiculous collabs and the lack of them has upset me. Yeah, I still really liked On Mama this year. 
80s and won us, I think, or somebody else. I don't remember which boy group oh, it was. Oh, yeah, you you, should, you told me about that, yeah. Yeah, they did a remix. It wasn't a proper collab, but they did a remix of many old and new K-pop songs, and that was really well, fun. That's cool. Even though it would be fun if they were an actual like collab, but still, mm-hmm. very good. Do you know any other festivals, JR? Well, yeah. Then the Just last KBS. one, because it usually comes out later than the other two, is MBC's Gaio de Jejeon, yeah, so and that started in 1966. And it was originally a singing competition, which I found really fascinating, but it no longer follows that format, obviously. And it did give out awards up until 2005, and I read that they stopped giving out awards because there was a lot of backlash for the way they were doing that for some reason. I'm not sure the exact logistics of it because there was no points, but yeah, that's interesting. It generally airs on the 31st of December and features popular artists and idol groups, and they will come together for stages sometimes, which is really cool. And this year's MCs are Girls' Generation Yuna and Astro's Cha Eun-woo. That was a terrible pronunciation. I am sorry to all you Koreans out there. Um, and I couldn't find an official lineup for this one yet, so I don't know if it hasn't come out. I'm sure it's come out by the time this episode airs, but we will see. I really love the festivals. I've always found them to be really enjoyable. And also, it's just award shows, they can be so long because there's so much middle time for giving out awards, but if there's no awards to be giving out, they're not as long. I think they're usually like two hours long as opposed to, I think Mama was like four hours long one year. I don't know if it's still that. Yeah, Mama is intense because they used to have it over different days so it's like three days with like five hour long show with the pre like red carpet and whatnot and it's just it's long i know it is not fun it's like whose idea was that it's like no one wants to sit through it no one i mean i did one year so there's that (laughs) how much did you hate yourself afterwards oh a lot because i had to wake up early to, exactly. In order to it's watch it. Yeah, it's it's very long. So that wraps up the main part of the podcast, and now we will go on to the post of the day. So first post today is about Soul Electronic Band, who in 2014 released their third album, Would It Be a Dream? The second post is about B2B's The Winter's Tale, which also came out in 2014, which is their Christmas album. The last release is Boa's Christmas Paradise, which was a single for the SM Entertainment Winter Garden album, which was an album for their charity Smile For You. The album also featured singles by FX and Red Velvet. Let's go over to the trivia question of the day. Last episode, I asked you, what was the first track TVXQ and Boa collaborated on? And the answer is Oh Holy Night. This Christmas slash religious song was the third track on TVXQ's debut single, Hug, in 2004, and was released several months before TVXQ and Boa's most famous collaboration, Triangle, which was the name of TVXQ's first album and its title track. Did you get the right answer? Let us know on any of our social media accounts, and we will give you a shout out in the next episode. Before I go into the official ending, we are now at the end of 2019, and we just wanted to say thank you to all of our listeners. 
This podcast has been a long time coming, and we're so happy that it finally came to fruition. And we hope you guys will continue to listen to and enjoy our content. Anyway, thank you all for listening. Be sure to like, subscribe, and follow us on your favorite listening platforms. You can find more of our content on our Twitter, at Kpop Sunbase, or on our Tumblr pages, which will be linked in the show notes. Source links will also be there. Have a happy new year, and we will be back in 2020 with more episodes. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye. Bye.